Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Well, what is up, Generations Church family? I hope you're having a fantastic day. It's already gorgeous outside, and uh, hopefully you're going to get to enjoy that beautiful weather at some point through the day. And uh, I'm just thankful that you've chosen to spend part of your Sunday morning with us. We say it pretty regularly here, but we never take it for granted when you choose to spend part of your Sunday with us. We know there's a lot of other things you could be doing, and uh, especially in this season where, you know, you're coming to your living room to church, or you're coming maybe just even still in your bedroom for some of you here in this 915 service. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're driving down the road. You're going somewhere. Some of you, I know, you may be at the lake or the beach. Uh, You may be on vacation somewhere. And so thanks from wherever you are for tuning in, those that are hosting watch parties today and gathered together with other people. Uh, we just appreciate you spending some time with others in community, and, uh, and we're thankful that you've chosen to spend that part of your day with us. You know, I, I really am excited about what's to come just the next couple of weeks. We told you last Sunday that uh, for us, as we were preparing to open, uh, reopen our facilities to in-person worship sp- uh, experiences, that we're getting really close, and we're closer today than we were last Sunday. Uh, in fact, this last week, we spent a lot of time in preparation for that. This past Wednesday night, we had some of our guest services team leaders here in the building, and they were preparing uh, to receive you just in a couple of weeks here uh, into our new worship space downstairs. Uh, We told you last week, if we tried to reopen right now into the space that I'm standing in right now, which is our upstairs worship space, uh, we could only put about 30 people or so, which means we'd have to have a bunch of services, and that probably wouldn't be fair to you, to our volunteers, or even our staff team. And so uh, we're going to wait just a couple more weeks here, but we're getting really close, and hopefully in the next few days, we can give you even a better update of the timeline, and, uh, and I'm excited about that. But uh, then on Thursday and on Saturday, we had some, some people from our media team, some other folks that came and helped us uh, to really prepare the worship space for you, installing some of our equipment, running lines and cables there um, to really get it uh, completed. And so we're getting really, really close, and I can't wait to give you that update in the next few days. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for you to see the space. We're going to try to show you an update uh, this week as well, just about what the space looks like, and that's going to be great as well. Again, I told you it's beautiful outside, and so I don't want to take too much of your time today, but I really do believe that the Lord has laid something on my heart for us as a congregation, as a, as a, as a community, as a people. Uh, you know, we've talked about it a lot over the last few weeks, every time that we gather together like this on Sundays. Uh, I know that we all have been inundated with information uh, in the previous few days about what's happening around our nation, what's happening around our world. When I think about what's taking place in uh, different cities around the nation, and I see the protesting, and I see those protests that turned into rioting, and, and I see the people that are at odds with one another, and I try to understand all of the rationale and all of the things that are taking place that, that bring us to this point, um, I, I want us to talk about that a little bit. But we do so in the context of the series that we started last week called The New Normal. Last week, what we talked about is that we can't really go back. I, I've heard a lot of people say, I can't wait to get back to normal. Uh, But the reality is we're not really going back. We're going forward. And when we go forward, what is that going to look like? I know yesterday my son Cooper had a baseball tournament, and we've played in a lot of baseball tournaments over the years. And there was a lot of things about that baseball tournament that seemed familiar to us. They seemed normal to us. 
And yet there were also some things about that experience that were brand new. There were some things that had to be adjusted and adapted about our experience because of all the different things that are going on around us right now. And so that's the same thing with our lives as we prepare to maybe go back to work. Some of you, you've already been at work. Some of we maybe go back to school in a few months. Maybe we go back to our favorite restaurants or some of our, maybe come back to church in some way. We go back to the gym. All of the things that we discussed last week, as we prepare for that, what is that going to look like in this new normal. And so last week we talked about us individually. It's got to start with us. And we said that God doesn't just want to make us better versions of ourselves. He's not just looking to make good people better. He's looking to make dead people alive. And we were dead in our sins. And so we are to be a new creation, not just a better version of who we used to be. And so what we said last week is that we want to quit trying to be a better you and we want to start trying to be made new. And so this week, I want us to look at this idea, not just about ourselves, but us in community. We were not meant to live in isolation. We weren't meant to be an island unto ourselves. But unfortunately, that seems to be what's happened to so many of us over the last two and a half to three months is that we have found ourselves in isolation. Now, maybe not so much physically. Maybe you've been able to interact with other people. I know a number of our G groups have, have been getting together over the last few weeks, and that's really exciting for us that community is beginning to happen there. And a number of our G teams have been meeting together, maybe here at the facility to prepare or to have been huddled together online. And so they've been communicating with one another over these last few weeks and months. And that's exciting. Maybe you've been at work and so you've been interacting with coworkers. Maybe, maybe you've been able to get out in your neighborhood. Maybe, maybe sports has started back up for you or other activities that you've been a part of. And so you've been, you know, relationally connected to some other people and you've been physically connected to some other people. But my fear for a lot of us as I talk to more and more people in this present season is that we have become emotionally isolated. What we've done is we've, we've pulled back ourselves from the emotional connection to one another. We've pulled ourselves back from really allowing people access to our lives, or maybe unintentionally so, because the physical distance has caused us not to be able to give them the access that the relationship was built on. And so as I think about all of those things, I really wrestle with what is it that God is calling us to in relationship? What is it that God is asking us to be and to do in this new normal I recognize that there's so many things around us that are trying to divide us. I think that the enemy is working overtime right now. I think he's using every tool in his arsenal to try to combat whatever unity exists in the body of Christ, in our families, in our friend groups, in our workplaces, in our, in our social media practices. And when I, when I read through the news feeds on social media, even when I watch the news itself, whether that's some type of video clip or television or some other venue where I'm gathering news, that's the things that are taking place around us, I see the enemy at work. He didn't cause all of it, but man, he seems to be working overtime. And I was just looking at how toxic social media has become and how unbearable consuming any type of news from almost any source has become. And I started to watch the patterns that are taking place around us. And I watched even some of, some of us and our church family as we began to argue and to fight with one another over, over little things, things like this. If you, if you speak out in favor of the overwhelming majority of police who love their job and do it exceptionally well, then someone calls you a racist. If you speak in favor of Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, someone calls you a liberal. If you believe that COVID-19 was and is a real threat, you must be naive. If you believe that COVID-19 was a conspiracy by Bill Gates or Dr. Fauci or the Republicans or the Democrats or Hollywood, then you just can't be trusted. 
If you walk with the peaceful protesters, you're anti-Christian. But if you believe any protest is automatically a riot, then you're just trying to silence the oppressed. And if you find yourself somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle of all of these things, they just want you to shut your mouth and be quiet because there's no room right now for non-extreme opinions. The enemy seems to be working overtime right now. He's trying to divide us around these extreme opinions, even those that are a part of the body of Christ. We're we're kind of getting at each other and we're allowing the, the things that are taking place around us, the things in this world to divide us and we've lost our sense of purpose and we've lost our sense of mission that you and I were created on purpose for a purpose and that purpose was not to argue with other people that disagree with us. That purpose was to speak the truth in love to those around us so that we can point them to Jesus Christ. We have intentionally or unintentionally drifted away from community and relationships and we've shifted everyone who disagrees with us into a groups of thems or those people over there and we've forgotten this important truth, I believe, that Jesus died for them too. Jesus died for them too. Jesus died for those people just like he died for you and for me. And so often what happens is that they become just what they stand for. And they become just what they look like. And they become just what they have done. And we don't view ourselves the same way. We forget that we are also a they. We are also a group of people who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are also a group of people who have our own flaws We are also a group of people who don't understand everything, who don't always get it right. And so what should we do in this new normal? We should recognize that there is a new commitment that we're called to make. There's a new purpose. There's a new mission for us in the days ahead to fulfill the purpose that God has called each of us to. If I'm being honest with you, I have rewritten this sermon about four different times this week. I've wrestled with it. I've prayed over it, I've meditated on it, I've read through it, I've rewritten, I've edited, I've thrown out, I've started over, and yet I can't, come, I can't help but come back to this one sense, this one idea, that for people who call themselves Christ followers, of which I know there are a number watching today, we are called to something higher. We're called to something greater We're called to a mission. We're called to a purpose that is bigger than the petty arguments and even the for real arguments that need to be had. We need to have conversation. But when we alienate and we vilify those who disagree with us, I believe we are missing the point of what God has called us to in these last days. And my hope and my prayer for you, if you call Generations Church home, is that you would accept this mission. I remember watching as a child, and then obviously they've remade it over a number of times over the years, those Mission Impossible movies where they would be handed in some form of mission and they would say, this is your mission should you choose to accept it. I believe you and I have that opportunity today. We have the opportunity to choose to accept the mission that God has called us to in these days, but you don't have to accept it. We can stick our head in the sand and we can just pray and hope that eventually this will blow over, but I've got news for you. I don't believe that it will. 
Or we can push away from relationships even further and we can continue to vilify all of those who disagree with us until literally we're left just screaming at the mirror because there's no one else left in our lives. Or you and I can take a huge risk today and we can accept this new mission and make a new commitment and the new purpose in the new normal that I believe God is calling us as Christ's followers to. But before I tell you what that new commitment is, let me tell you a story. When I was in the sixth grade in middle school, I was chosen to be a part of a group of students from my school to represent us uh, at a, an event called Juna. It was the Junior United Nations Ambassadors Program. And so we were selected from among those at our school. And so we studied for months. We were given a country to represent. Our country at that time in sixth grade was the country of Honduras. We had to research everything that we could find about the nation of Honduras, and we had to understand what were their citizens, and who were they, and, and what did they need from the world, and what was their economy like, and what were the things that they were good at, and what were the things that they were bad at. And, and so we researched and researched, and we began to develop a strategy to present a, an issue to the Junior United Nations Assembly. We started to gather together as much information as we could, but eventually we just had to put ourselves in the shoes of those who were from Honduras and say, this is what we would present to other nations around the world asking for their help or believing that this was our best step forward. And eventually we made ourselves our way to that assembly, to that conference, several days. And we went and we represented our school among potentially over a thousand students, several hundred schools that were represented there. And it was our job to present our issue. It was our job to listen to the issues of the other nations. And as we started to present our issue, there would be another nation that would say, well, that's a great issue, but what about our issue? Because if you listen to our issue, it, it's, it's difficult to believe that they can both coexist. And we've had to begin compromising. All of those months of preparation had to be flexible. It had to be adaptable so that we could listen to the needs of others and begin to work together through compromise to find a way for all of us to coexist in ways that were meaningful for every nation that was present in the assembly. I wore a badge during that week. It had my name, Jeremy Isaacs, in case you don't know my name, that's my name. And right underneath that was my title. My title for the week was ambassador. Ambassador. The word ambassador just means that you are a representative of one country, organization, group, to another organization, country, or group representing the needs of your organization, country, or group. You're just going to represent them, to bring your needs, to bring your ideals to a different group. I was an ambassador. And when I hear that word, I am confronted with this idea. You and I, as Christ followers, are called to be ambassadors. I want you to look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We actually read a portion of this last week. Look at this beginning in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. That's what we read last week. Verse 18 continues, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are Christ's ambassadors. 
If I were to sum up this passage of Scripture that we've been reading, God made us new through Jesus Christ. That's what we read last week, that we are a new creation. But in doing so, he reconciled us to himself. We were dead in our sins, and we've been made alive in Jesus Christ. And as he does that work, it's not just about us. He's reconciling the world to himself, the entire world, the world that's on the other side of the world and the world that's on the other side of the street and the world that's on the other side of the issue and the world that looks different than you and the world that looks different than me and sounds different than us and talks different than us and votes different than us. He was reconciling the whole world to himself. Do we believe that? Or do we believe that God only came to save people like us? We are Christ's ambassadors. He's reconciling the world to himself. And he can and he does do that work himself. And yet, as is the pattern of God throughout the story of Scripture and the story of humanity, he chooses to include us. And so he commits to us the message of reconciliation. Not reconciliation to us, but reconciliation to God. We are his ambassadors. We are his ambassadors, his representatives saying to others, be reconciled to God. And so how did he do that? He made him who knew no sin, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of Christ. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made righteous. We can't be righteous on our own. We can't be right enough. God knew it would take something radical to reconcile us. And that radical idea is that he would choose someone and something that was so different from us, sinlessness. He would choose something that didn't look like us because we are sinful, every one of us. He would choose someone who walked in our shoes through the human experience and yet did not sin. And he took this radical idea of the complete opposite of us to do the work of reconciliation. What a beautiful picture. Can we grasp that this morning? That God chose to take the opposite of who we were to bring about the work of reconciliation. And yet in this present day, it seems that we sometimes are unwilling to see things from the other perspective, to view things that are opposite of us as any, in any way, the work of God in our lives. I can't tell you how many times over the last couple of weeks I've heard this idea of iron sharpening iron, and it does, but that happens as they rub against one another as they hit against one another. There is some refining work that God does sometimes as he brings opposite perspectives together. I'm not talking about changing the gospel message. I'm not talking about taking away from who God is and what God is doing in your life, but I'm saying, are we open and willing to hear from God in ways that don't sound like our voice? We are Christ's ambassadors to do the work of reconciliation. I want to read that same passage of Scripture that we just read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from the message paraphrase. We read just a minute ago from the NIV translation. This is the paraphrase we often go to. It's a very conversational type of English. And sometimes I go there to gain clarity about what it is that God may be saying to me or speaking to us 
from Scripture. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, again, verses 17 through 21 in the message paraphrase. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, and the new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. How, you ask? In Christ. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so we could put right, so we could be put right with God. Verse 19 and 20 from that paraphrase say this, God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work. What an incredible picture of the gospel. That he uses us, he didn't have to, but he uses us to help those who are so different, so separated, so divided. He uses us to help them lay aside their differences and be reconciled to God. We tend to focus on what divides us. We tend to focus on the differences that exist between us. And we tend to ignore what unites all of us. Romans 3.23 tells us that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. You have sinned. I have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet we choose not to focus on that unifying characteristic. It's not something to be bragged about, but it's something to remember. That when we view everyone around us, those that agree with us, those that disagree with us, those that we have relationship with and those that we do not, and so we only call by the names that represent their position, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and yet God has a design in mind that involves the reconciliation of man back to himself, and he's tasked you and I to that work of reconciliation. We are ambassadors. We are representatives of Christ to the earth, to a people divided, to a a group of men and women that see the world differently. And our job is not to reconcile people to us. It would be awesome if everybody became your friend or my friend. That would be awesome. But our job is to reconcile people to God. Be reconciled to God. You know, a number of years ago, and when I say that, I really do mean it. I I was kind of jarred this week as I reflected on the fact that this song was written in the 90s, which still to me seems like about 10 years ago, and yet it was 30 years ago. It was a song that was, I believe, written, but for sure performed by a worship group called Delirious. Some of you would be very familiar with them. Others of you have no idea who they are. 
But they wrote this song and it was just this really powerful, simple idea. And the words are simple and the thoughts are simple and yet they're so profound. And they can change our heart and change our life if we will let it. And I just wanna kind of have us to look at these lyrics together. They say this. They say, what a friend I've found, closer than a brother. I have felt your touch more intimate than lovers. Jesus, 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 friend forever. It goes like this. What a friend I found, closer than a brother. I have felt your touch more intimate than lovers. Jesus, 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 friend forever. When I thought about those words this week, I was confronted with the idea that I have a job to do. I have a role to play. I have a mission to fulfill. I have a commitment to make. In this new normal, I believe that the enemy will continue to try to divide us over big things and little things. And so my job, my mission, my purpose in this new normal is to make a new commitment to be an agent, an ambassador of reconciliation back to God to help people to see their need for him. So here's my commitment. And I'm asking you to join me in this commitment. I'm asking you this week, let's do the work of reconciliation. Let's turn off Facebook, Turn off Fox News, turn off CNN, turn off Twitter, delete the news app off your phone for seven days. Talk to the people that live on your street. Call them by name if you don't know their name. Let's ask them their name. Let's thank a police officer or a first responder. If you see them out, buy their lunch. Thank them for the work that they do to protect and to defend. Have a conversation with someone who has a different skin color than you do and maybe listen more than you speak. Let's be ambassadors. Let's be agents of change and reconciliation in the world because as Christ followers, I believe that that's our job to say to others, be reconciled to God. But here's the challenging question for me. Here's the challenging question for you. Is the way that you're living right now pointing people to Jesus or pushing them away? Is the way that I'm living right now pointing people to Jesus or pushing them away? Based on the words of the song that we just sang, maybe you would ask it like this. Are my friends more likely to be friends with God or not? I'm an ambassador. You're an ambassador called to the work of reconciliation in the world. I believe it's a new commitment we should make to do the work of reconciliation in the earth as we point people to their need for Jesus. In the new normal, I believe this will be required as we become more and more divided in the world. 
It's our job to do some uniting work as we point people to him. I'm gonna ask you just right where you're at to bow your head and close your eyes. I know that may seem weird and I say that every single week as we gather together online, but I encourage you just for a moment, just, just a moment of personal reflection and response between you and the Lord. Nobody's looking around wherever you're at, even if you're in a group of people. And if you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, I know I need the free gift of salvation. I need to accept him as the Lord and Savior of my life. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. When you read that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, I know that's me right now. And I need to ask God to forgive me. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at, just as a personal sign of response? Maybe you click the button there that's in the chat on our website. Maybe you just type that in, click the link that's there on Facebook. You say, hey, I'm... I'm accepting Jesus Christ today. As soon as you acknowledge your need for him and you believe that he's enough for you, I believe that he does that work. Maybe you'd say today, hey, for me, Jeremy, listen, I, I, I want to be a part of this reconciliation work. I want to be an ambassador. I may need to ask some people in my life for forgiveness because I've been divisive. I've been a part of the problem and not a part of the solution. And if today that's you, maybe you can join me in saying, I that's how I want to respond. I want to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ and the work of reconciliation in the earth. Maybe you type that in the chat today to let us know that's your commitment in this new normal. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you today for who you are and I thank you, God, for what you're doing. We love you so much. God, we love that we get to gather like this. We can't wait to be back together. God, I, I, I know it's been a long time and I'm so ready for us to gather together and worship and community together. God, I thank you that we still have the opportunity to gather like this in this transitional period. And God, I pray now for those who have responded to say, hey, I am a sinner in need of a savior and I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior today. God, we thank you that you've changed the trajectory of their eternity. You've saved them, you've forgiven them. And God, I believe generations of their family will never be the same because of the decision they're making today. Help us as a church family to walk this journey out with them. And God, I pray now for those, including myself, who say, I want to be an ambassador. I want to be an agent of change and reconciliation in the earth. And God, I pray that you would help us to recognize that we too are sinners. We are imperfect. And you knew that the best way to get us, perhaps the only way to get to us, was to choose someone who was the exact opposite of us the perfect son of God to redeem us, to save us, to reconcile us to you. So God, we, we maintain a sensitivity about that and we try to administer your grace. We speak the truth, but we speak the truth in love everywhere that we go. Help us not to be divisive, but God, help us to compel others to see you in the way that we live, in the way that we speak. God, we thank you for what you are doing now through us as we make ourselves available to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.